know, we've been given this commission, each and every one of us. We've been given this order in a sense. You know, Jesus gathers these disciples that have followed him uh, for three years. And he says these words, he says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the first week, we looked at the passage where Jesus walked along by the Lake of Galilee, he sees his fishermen, he calls them to him and he says, Come upon me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He's given them a purpose there. After he's gone to the cross now, he's here, and he's gathering these fellows around with him. And listen, they've given him a bit of trouble over the, the years. You know, I think there a couple of them have argued and said, you know, Jesus, when you get to heaven, we sit on the right and sit on the left, you know, we want to talk better than the other one. So, sort of people. And even one of them turns around and says, you know, he says, I'll never deny you, Jesus. When people come to me, I says, I belong to him. And the first opportunity, what does he do? He denies Jesus. So Jesus stands. After he's gone to the cross, before he goes to heaven, looks at his crowd of fellows and thinks, I'm entrusting the message, my message, to these people. To go into all the world, to go and tell people about me, to go and make disciples. You would look at them and think to yourself, you know, that moment you would look up and think, these these people, a little bit how God looks at us sometimes. What's the point of it? Why am I here 
He didn't make money easy just to have kids so we get the blood money going. He said, all of those things. So he God takes hold of a person's life and he saves them. And then he gives them the reason why they exist. He gives them the purpose through their life, which is to go and tell other people about it. Which is to go and reach those that are lonely, those that are lost, those that are unlovable. You see, an Afro believer comes to faith. He is then, by this command of Jesus, simply to go into the world and reach the lost for him. Not as a suggestion, not as if it fits in a bit like him and that, but actually a responsibility as a purpose for each and every one of us to go and make disciples. I don't think God made us all different. We're all different, thank God. Uh, we're all different. And each of us has a different gifting, a different ability, a different group of people. We can reach a different group of people that we can relate to. So none of us can ever turn around and say, what does it do with me? They stop, they stop by calling. And I think it's tonight it is. And it says, he said, if you're looking for a calling, I pray over you now, this is it. Why? Because we've often looked at this and turned around and said, he says, well, it's not for me. I don't want to help people and stuff. He said, we have a responsibility because we've been given the purpose. Mm -hmm. And the purpose is to go and tell other people about Jesus Christ. He said, if we have the cure for cancer, I tell you, we would shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, yeah. We were telling people that we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't hold on to it. We, we wouldn't sort of keep it to ourselves. <clears throat> we have the cure for sin. The cure for sin is Jesus Christ. And the world needs to hear it. It says, we're not reaching the message of come to Jesus and give you a plan for your life and a purpose for your life and it'll make you feel good. That's not the message we need to preach. The world needs a saviour to deal with their sins now. And when he does that, he says, he changes a person's life, he turns their life upside down, he gives them something to live for and he makes them want to go and tell somebody else. So the gospel is called the good news. He says, if you have something, you know, if you have good news about something, you want to tell everybody. I mean, these are some back. I mean, everybody knows today, don't they? Why? Because it's good news. So if you don't know, recently, the better extracting that first wave and so forth. We're going to round of applause. If you see good news or something that you wanted to shout from the rooftop, I said, you would declare that, you would shout it. I mean, could you imagine for one second what I would be like if England won the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm be quiet about it? I would put it in front of them. No, listen, I would in an hour. They would go in every sermon for the next seven years. <laughs> or for some of you kept me alive. So I would have to this with those. Yeah, after the good news of Jesus Christ, we don't want to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. But it's our purpose. Yeah. A few quick points as we look at it, why we need to do this. The first one I've just shared to me is a continuation of Jesus' mission on earth. This is simply that's what we're supposed to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. And when they make disciples, we've got to make disciples. And then when they make disciples, we've got to make disciples. And then you've got to make disciples. Why not hit the nail on the head there? They're simply about coming alongside one person, just discipling them, encouraging them, adopting somebody that you're going to pray for, that you're going to send them scripture, that you're going to... But that's what you do. That's discipleship. We make discipleship. This is what we do from here. This is not discipleship. Discipleship is what 
you do down there when you're standing over coffee and you're encouraging somebody who's changed in their life because they don't feel they can go on with their walk with God and you encourage them. That's discipleship. And we see that, so it's a continuation of Jesus' mission on earth. The second thing he says, it's a wonderful privilege. The most amazing things I've ever felt in my life, sensed in my life, is trouble for me. Nobody is more shocked than me, simply because that God will do something in my life. Because, as I've said this so many times, there are no great men and women of God. There are just men and women of the great God. He takes hold of somebody's life and he rescues them and he factors in all their stupid mistakes and I've made some. I love My wife will go if I keep nothing ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Factors in all the stupid mistakes and yet he still has a plan and a purpose for life. What a wonderful privilege. I would like to invite everybody who's perfect to come and join me up here on the pulpit. Anybody? You know, I'm not sure what should be here. Why? Because God factored in all our shortcomings. He factored in all our mistakes. He factored in our failures and our weaknesses. And He still uses us. Nobody is for some Why? Because it's a wonderful privilege. There are two great privileges working with God and representing God. We partner with God in teaching those who are without Him. Michael said to the devil, the most wonderful privilege that you get is when you sit with somebody who doesn't know God, and God uses you, and then they get to know God, and they get to say, there is no greater privilege than that, than seeing somebody saved as simply said, I want to give my life to God, not because of everything I've done, because of everything he has done, and everything we're just the instrument in his hands. That's discipleship. That's the privilege of it. And, and so the, the third thing we see is this, it's the most important thing that can be done for mankind. We must be aware of our hopeless and empty sometimes. People's lives are without Christ. They may put a front on. They might put a full stripes on themselves. But listen, their lives are hopeless. That's what we do. And for us to avoid and not telling them, for us to avoid not telling them that there is a hope, that God is interested in them, that God loves them, that God is son for them, they said, we're denying, in a sense, what we're supposed to be doing, because it's the most important thing that can be done for mankind. I love what we do here socially. I love the baby bank and the furniture, the food, and these people will help you. They will feel the same way I do. We do not want to make people comfortable going to hell. Mm. That's the reality of it. That's just the way it is. We want to help people, but I want to give them the hope that they can only get in Jesus Christ. So he's going to love them on the way by helping them. Mm -hmm. But we want to make them understand that actually, listen, you can't die without God. Don't die without God. You don't need to die without knowing your son, Jesus. That's the purpose of our lives. That's the purpose of our calls to do this. The best gift we can give any lost person is that clear understanding. That listen, we're here on earth for a while. But there is an eternity to spend with God. And it says those decisions we make here affect that eternity. That's our purpose. Not that all will be blessed while you're here and all will be good and stuff. No, 
There's a bigger picture than that. We're talking eternity. My job is to tell people about that. Your job is to tell people about that. If they get offended or upset or sorry that they do, but we have to tell them the truth because it's the most important thing we can tell them. Uh, and so we see that as it goes on quickly that it has an eternal significance. I've just said that. That, that simply that actually what we do matters, not just for now, but for eternity. Let's never think of what we do matters. You know, the awful situation in recent weeks of a man who was sitting in church, and we know that he went home and he took his, his own life, and it just has given me that sense of, oh, this matters so much. Don't tell funny stories. Don't, don't tell things that tickle people's ears. Don't tell people things that they want to hear. Tell them what they need to hear. Because you know, you don't know what's going to happen because what we do has an eternal significance. And so we've got to make sure that we, we present people with the love of the gospel that they simply turn around and say, I can accept this because God loves me or I can reject it because I don't believe it. But at least let's do our job properly. Let's do our job. Let's fulfill our purpose. It provides meaning during this life. This is what we're doing. You look at the disciples, Jesus spoke to that day. What did they do for the rest of their lives? They just went around telling people about Jesus. And they're all martyred, every single one of them. Were martyred. They go online and find out they're all right. They died for what they believed in. Uh, but it provided a meaning in their life to do what they've been called to do because when Jesus stood that day and said, go into all the world, he just simply threw purpose over that whole lives. Why would they do that if it wasn't true? Why would they do that if it didn't matter? It did matter, it was important. And, and we see here that, that it is connected to God's timetable for history. You see, we know and obviously there was always an interest because of things that happened in the news and the people become a little bit more interested in that. But we've got the last days, the second coming, the return of Christ to earth. But this is never saying this, although the exact time cannot be known. There is one thing for certain that God's timetable is established and, and He simply wants to give the opportunity for everybody that doesn't know Him to get saved. That's His timetable. We can be specific about the last days and how many years it's going to happen. We do all of this matching. Listen, we still have the responsibility as a church to reach the world. And that's our responsibility. Which if we really do believe that he's coming back soon, well, we've got to do it like this. But we've got to make sure that we take as many people with us. So we've got to do that and make sure that as many people as we know, know the truth of the gospel. You see, the believer will pay a cost to fulfill this mission in this life. But nothing is more important to God than simply this, than us fulfilling his purpose that he has given me and you. You know, Jesus gives us, with this I finish, Jesus gives us two invitations. In scripture it tells us, it gives us two invitations. The first one is this, and we find this in our Jesus sometimes. It's to come to him. When he says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That invitation, we like that we've experienced that invitation. But it gives another invitation as well when it says, go. 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 Go into the world. Go into your workplaces. Go to the people you know. And tell them the 
that they that that, that you've got in your life. Tell them about the salvation and things like that. And so sanctification was the first one after we find easier to accept because it's that one that sits the come. But the second one is tied up in the purpose that me and you have in our lives, which is to go for him. And there's no doubt of that. None of us ever get too old to do this. None of us ever get too old to tell people about Jesus. We're presented with opportunities all the time. And every time I stand up here and see an empty seat, I think of another neighbor that would be sitting in church hearing the message of the gospel that changes their lives because we still believe in the power of God to turn people's lives around upside down. My time is gone, but that's the purpose of being a disciple. And hopefully over these four weeks, and the four testimonies have been amazing, our people are doing that by saying so have been on the road for a few years. But they have taught us something about the perseverance and the endurance of what you need to do as a disciple to keep doing what God has called you to do, to keep doing and growing. And so I'm thankful to those who will be to challenge you each and every one of us as we look at the goal and the cost, but also this purpose tonight. Go and tell people about Jesus. To get take that opportunity to simply say, you know what? It just says, this Jesus Christ, he changes people's lives. He gives an invitation to come, but he gives an invitation to God as well. To come unto him, but to go for him as well. Let us pray. Father, we thank you to gather in your church. Father, your church is still very much the hope of the world because it's your church. But Father, gathered within each and every one of us tonight, Father God, is this message of, of the gospel, this message of the good news that people need to hear. Boy, does the world need to hear the message of hope now. Father, where things are concerned, things are fragile, rather than us being the church that interprets the events that are going on. Let us be a church that offers hope to people in the name.